Welcome to Hope and Heresy, Life on the Religious Left, where we wrestle with contemporary issues using history and theology as our guides. Our task is to reclaim religion for everyday people who want to live meaningfully without letting arbitrary doctrine or oppressive religious practice prevent us from asking big questions about our complicated world. I'm Reverend Sarah Lindsay. And I'm Reverend Peggy Clark, and we're Unitarian Universalist Ministers broadcasting from Community Church of New York here in New York City. today i'm fine you know it's november <laughs> it's, it's pushing up on the holidays it's still the pandemic i don't know fine's the only word i've got what are what's up with you i'm tired i just came back from glasgow i'm still i was up at like five o'clock this morning i'm you know i trying to get my equilibrium back but we're talking about really big things we're talking about the biggest thing today so, you know, we may be tired and distracted and getting through November, but but the topic is massive. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking, we're about, we're talking about cosmology today. Yes, <clears throat> and specifically like religious cosmology, right? Because on its own, that term cosmology just means sort of studying the nature of the world and everything. But religious cosmology, if we look at like a very mainstream definition is about explaining the origins of the world. It can also extend into thinking about the evolution and the fate of the world, but today we're really going to focus in on this question of like how religious cosmology tries to address where all of this came from. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the basic impulse, the, the start of the religious consciousness. Where did it come from? Yeah, I mean, Why are we here? Yeah, that's right. Like, that's one theory, right, of like the sociology of religion is this idea that religion comes into being for the express purpose of defining in a time largely like pre anything we would recognize as science comes in to explain the things that humans couldn't explain. Thunder, lightning, the beginnings of the universe, all of this, right? And it, and it is, right? Everything you look around, you try to explain the world around you, and eventually you're going to be like, but wait, where did it all come from? Right. And so if that's sort of that is one of the if we can look at that and understand it is one of the basic jobs, basic goals of the creation and institution of religion, then we can start to understand where a lot of the religious cosmology is like how they came to be what they are. Right. Right. And usually when we think about these things, we, we're talking largely about um, creator myths. Yeah. all of the different like Adam and Eve you know and all of those early stories of how did humans get to be here why do we have all these you know animals why is it night and dark and light and bright you know all of the big questions which it seems to me is sort of how people started you know as humans were sort of just lying awake on the ground looking at the stars and asking what what is it what are we doing here 
Right, and it's true, right? So, um, you know, we've talked a little bit, we've mentioned Joseph Campbell before, and I feel like inevitably when we talk cosmology, that's where I come back around to is this sort of the, because he he looked, right? He I don't know if you could call him like a mythologist, but that's like what he did. He looked at all these big epic grand myths around the world. And it's right, we Adam and Eve is maybe the one that is like sort of culturally most widely present in the European West world, but there's loads of different stories about how the world comes to be in cycles of creation and destruction, how it comes to be through floods, how it comes to be through false gods creating it, and then the real god being like, this was terrible, why'd you make this thing, right? There's all these different stories um, that try to create a systematic explanation for the things that are super mysterious and wondrous in the world. And it's interesting then for those of us sitting here at the like forming edge of 2022, it's interesting to think about how science changes or doesn't those mythologies and cosmologies that people are so committed to in their religious understanding, right? Right, so myths to me are bigger than than stories, right? I mean, it's to create a, a myth is really to speak to things that are true, are deeply, profoundly true about the world. Maybe the stories themselves aren't fact, right? but it is nonetheless true. And then we have this um, modern sensibility where everything has to be fact. So in some way, I think we, you know, here in this 21st century, we dismiss all of those stories really quickly and easily because we say, well, they're not, they're not factual, right? Adam and Eve didn't really exist. In fact, Genesis itself has two opposing stories about how Adam and Eve came to be. So, so they're not factual, but there is real truth there. And there are all of these stories kind of rehearse the same questions that give us, you know, why is the why is there land and sea and sky and sun and all of those things? And now in the last 500 years or so, we get to incorporate other things that we are learning like science. I mean, what is the big bang theory? And what are all the different, um, as we gather facts, how do we add them to our myths? Or how do we create new myths, right? Again, not about the facts, but about the truth. And what what are all the truths that we're, learning and how does it open up what it means to be human yeah so it's interesting right as as someone raised in a liberal religious tradition as i was the approach to myths to but even even also to sort of great literature was that it was that all of it contained within it capital t truths right that the story that the purpose of the storytelling of like jude the obscure and the mahabha the purpose of the storytelling is to access something true about the human experience or something true about the world we live in, right? But that we don't, as liberal religious people, we don't then treat it as static, factual, sort of immutable truth, right? That, that there's, that the point of the epic myth is not the details and the, and the did God really do this? And did Adam say that? And was it a fig tree or an apple tree, right? The point is about what it looks like to, to care about knowledge and what it looks like to, um, you know, have a change in your status from garden to 
toiling on earth, whatever, right? Like that there's these bigger questions about companionship and relationship and that, and that that's what we keep those stories around for. And that those stories, if you treat them as one among many sources of truth, right? Don't preclude science. If you don't treat that myth as the be all end all that cannot be unshaken, then you can bring science in and it's not going to derail your entire sense of your religious identity and experience. Mm-hmm. I also think that we are sort of naturally, instinctively a story making people mm-hmm. that we do it all the time, you know, for even smaller things. I mean, how many times, you know, you see like a picking a letter lying on the street and create the story for how the letter got there, right? For, we do it all the time. So for the really big questions, we've come up with these really big stories and that makes sense to me and it makes sense to me that we hold on to them we keep them we need them even even when we know they aren't true or i guess even when we know they aren't fact we know that they are true we know that they continue to define us and it's why i actually love learning stories from other cultures because there are different ways of looking at exactly the same experience of being alive and it's just fascinating to me. And at the same time, I mean, I'm saying that and I'm thinking, could, could I actually tell any one of those stories off the top of my head? No, because there's, there is something that's foundational about the stories you were grown, that you were raised with, right? And I was, I was raised with the Genesis stories, although not as facts, but I was raised with them as, um, you know, ways of just telling kids stories about what life is all about and also about um Noah and the flood like that was another one my mother used to sing that song every single morning you don't know the song I'm not going to sing it <laughs> but she, later, later. She, would, she would wake us up with it every single morning which is funny because she's an atheist but that was her that was like she loved you know the story of Noah and the ark and the animals and um those are stories that that help shape our world. And I actually believe that human beings are not as healthy or balanced without them. I think we require those because we require context and meaning. We live better when we have it. Well, and we talk about this a lot, right? Like we have talked before, you and I, about the ways that part of the work of religion is making meaning. And we make meaning by talking through, processing, telling stories about remembering our experiences and linking them to other experiences and making these connections. Like that's literally what meaning making is, right? Meaning making requires some amount of storytelling, our own story, the big stories. What I think is especially interesting about the question of cosmology is that it's, it's the origin stuff, right? So like it, my kids actually don't vary much, but every now and then they'll be like, tell us again where we came from or tell us again about when we were born or tell us again about who's our great, great, whoever, right? And so that, you know, leaving, almost leaving aside religion for a minute, that human impulse to know from, not from, to know whence you came, right? There's that sort of like, who were my ancestors? Who were my people? What is the culture that brought me here? What is the history that came into this moment, right? Like it, it's, it's religious, but it's like human, but maybe that's the same thing. It's all just, right? Like maybe being religious really is just being human, trying to figure it all out, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, being human. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's it's just being human, asking the big questions. And that's what yeah. being religious is, and these are the big questions. What's funny to me though is that we're talking about it is I'm kind of thinking how often does the average person, the kids definitely ask those questions, but how often do adults really ask the question about where we came from or how does it manifest itself in the world in kind of regular, since, I mean, I'm a minister and I don't talk about these things all that often with people. So when we think about the project of this year, right, of the season and kind of defining all these traditional religious concepts, I'm wondering what way this one is important or how it how it matters. I have a thought about this, Peggy. I have a thought. Here's my thought. So and and I'm only going to speak to the context of like Protestant Christian Western culture, white culture. Okay. I'm gonna be like really clear because but it, it feels to me, and I think about this sometimes, that we have, we live in a culture, we share a culture that is very good at looking forward, not too far forward, but forward, and, and leaving behind what's behind. So I think sometimes what happens is we tell the story of the past, and we're like, we got that, we know what happened, we know how we got here, now we're only concerned about what happens next, right? What's my next move? What's the next thing coming down the road? We're not even very good at being in the present, let alone like really trying to deeply uncover, right? So I wonder if part of what happens is when kids are kids, they ask these questions and eventually they feel, and maybe this is good, maybe this is bad, eventually they feel grounded enough in the story they've been told that they don't need to keep looking back and all they start doing is looking forward. I don't know that that's a positive thing because I think sometimes you have to revisit your understanding of where you've come from so that you can make better choices about where you're going. But that would be my sort of guess is that we just culturally, we don't encourage a lot of like second guess, turn it back over in your mind, think again. We're really like, Americans especially are really like, next thing, get it moving, got to go on, got to make progress, right? Like that's our whole vibe. So I think that there's a, a piece of this that's like, kids move slow enough that they can ask those questions. So I also think that um, when we want a revival or a revolution, that those are the moments we go back. And I don't know that we go back to Adam and Eve, but like, I think of um, theological revolutions, right? Like liberation theology, right? They wanna rethink the way we do theology so that it meets, it answers the question of, you know, how does it serve the poor? What, you know, and they go back, you go back to scripture, you go back to Jesus. What was he really saying? Is it really, does it really liberate? Like, can it really serve us? I think we do that as Americans too. We go back to the constitution. It's built into our system. Whenever we're feeling, whenever we're on an edge, like we're on an edge right now of like, what's next and how are we doing? And you know, what should we be doing? We go back. Well, what was our beginning? What did it look like? What were we supposed to be doing? I think those are the times when we, we look at our origins, when we're not sure, when what's in front of us feels really bleak or unclear or we're at a crossroads. That's actually a really excellent point, Peggy. And I, um, so like a lot of my own studies were in sort of heresy and 
Reformation, all of that stuff, right? And the idea that what you're doing is uncovering some sort of pure origin, right? Theologically pure origin, Jesus pure origin, right? You're going back to what it really is and not with the accretion of time, right? Um, so like the idea of like, we're gonna go back and see what it really was that our like slave owning forefathers wanted in the constitution, right? So there's, it's an interesting project to think that we could ever really recapture or uncover or that even if we could access what the pure thing was that we would understand what was really going on and at stake in that pure thing when it was happening, right? Like there's just a lot of like human hubris involved in all of this. Um, but it is really interesting, right? To think about when do we go back to uncover and when do we issue our past and only step forward, right? Those are, and those are some of the questions that get wrapped up in cosmology that we don't think about. When we wake our kids up with a Noah story or we read the brick Bible and talk about Adam and Eve, right? Like those are the things that we don't necessarily let cosmology open us into asking. And maybe that is kind of the point of, of today's uh, conversation is to think about the ways that looking at origins might be much bigger than what you think when you think about the stories you were told as a child about your own origins or about the world's origins. Yeah, you know, what you're saying is, um making me think about the 1619 project and you know what is it to go back to the beginning and tell the story from a different perspective and how completely transformative it is to everything you've always thought that you've known right the stories that we tell over and over and over are completely different when it's someone else telling the story it it occurs to me that this concept of cosmology and telling these origin stories, you know, it, it could be a way of really breaking open so many of the boxes that we all live in by starting from the beginning and rethinking the story, telling the story from someone else's perspective. So yeah, so like at the risk of being ministers, I kind of want to be like everyone go think about an origin, like whether it's your own or like go look up whatever new advancements we've made in thinking about the Big Bang Theory or something, right? Like let this conversation help you take a step backward in something and sort of uncover some origin or rethink some origin that is at play in your own life and sort of see where that takes you and thinking about cosmology, religious cosmology. And that seems like a really good way to start wrapping this up <laughs> now everyone has homework <laughs> that's right we're going to start issuing homework every time no we're not we promise we're not no homework just an invitation to think about it um to think about the origins of everything <laughs> uh peggy obviously you and i will keep talking about this for many oh. years to come <laughs> the origin question never ends uh but it was nice to have this conversation with you you too we'll see you soon okay bye